Listen to that. Listen to that, Rabbi. That's the silence. Can we just sit here and be in the silence of God? And that will be our prayer for the day. Are you with me? <laughs> I'm just in prayer. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, 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 so that's what we're talking about today. So, there's so many different ways for people to pray, for you to pray. There's prayer in silence. There's prayer that can be very loud and, and rambunctious. We can be Pentecostals and start speaking in tongues. Um, there's set prayer, structured prayers, no prayer, um, spontaneous prayer, prayer of the heart. What, what, what is, what, what, how do they pray in the Bible? So, so, but what's the point of it all? What is the point of all this prayer? Is it, is it really important? Don't answer that because we, we, we have a whole show coming your way about that, Rabbi, and you have to be there. I'm present. See the presence. Having presence. That's where it starts. Good prayer starts with presence. So we are going to uh, jump into that today. Um, I'm Father Christian, and uh, you just heard the voice of uh, uh, Rabbi Matthew. And uh, today on this podcast, what is the point of prayer? And we're going to be examining where did prayer even start? Um, and let, uh, me, let, me, let me also just leave you as we, as we start into the, uh, into the podcast about prayer. I just want to share with you just uh, um, um, a brief meditative reading from Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, yeah, yeah, you, which I think is actually quite important. You, you like that guy. I do. And, and he says that prayer invites God's presence to suffuse our spirits, God's will to prevail in our lives. Prayer may not bring water to parched fields, nor mend a broken bridge, nor rebuild a ruined city. But prayer can water an arid soul, mend a broken heart, and rebuild a weakened will. But now there's there's no way to really top that for the rest of the show. So great job. So now the rest of this podcast will just be just two guys trying to work their way through a radio show about prayer. Good job, buddy. Words to think about. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you all. Enjoy this thing about what is the point of prayer. And please um, leave a comment and uh, like this uh, podcast. It really helps us a bunch. And uh, let us know what works for you and what doesn't work. And uh, you can always get in touch with us too. Um, and um, you can hit us up at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. And to learn more about uh, what, what kind of stuff you want on this podcast, we love hearing from you. And other ways that you can support this podcast, um, just, just hit us up at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy the show. God bless. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Hyam. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart, Florida, and I am with the best darn-looking rabbi this side of the Jordan River. It is Matthew, Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Hayam. Brother, what's happening? I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. You look good. Thank you, man. Thank you. I had to get over a little bit of a sickness, and now here I'm back in the studio talking into this Petri dish in front of me, which mm. is, you know, but but still, you know, it, hopefully. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while, but last week you were all good. You had oh. your uh, director of uh, of um, formation here. Who was here with you last week? To 
Oh, sorry. Last week we had our last my week, ECLC. So seven days ago. Yep. So our uh, early childhood learning center director to talk about. Uh, she was here last week talking about religion and our early childhood learning, how that manifests itself. Oh, over the temple. Mm-hmm. So you basically did an infomercial for the temple while I was gone. Mm-hmm. Dude, a priest and a rabbi. Did you at least have a Judeo-Christian reflection on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The need for it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always feel bad because when you're not here sometimes, then I'll have a guest on. Let's say the guest is more of the Christian persuasion, and then I realize we just had a very Christian-dominant show. And I'm like, oh, gosh. We have an, we have a mixed audience, you know. We have we have, we we attract both we both sides of the aisle, and then I always wonder if like how the, quickly we Jews get forgotten, how quickly the Christians got forgotten last week too. I mean, you guys didn't think of us at all. Well, no, because we 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 talk about it in a although we we're talking about it from a Jewish connotation, we were also looking at it from a uh, Judeo Christian, which is to say, you know, how we invest ourselves with early childhood learning uh-huh. and the ability. Uh-huh. And the need for our very young students to uh, experience religion in some way. So we, we, we did use your faith. We just call it religion. No. And Father Anderson is... No. I'm not bereft of words. Unacceptable. Unacceptable, sir. Well, today on today's show, we are going to get into prayer. And specifically, what is the point of prayer? Right. I think it's good, especially in a uh, post Judeo Christian society uh, where it is not expected for you to go to a house of worship. It's not expected for you to be involved with uh, worship. It's not expected for you to be talking about God and seeking God uh, in an organized way. But we still know, and I, th- I know the rabbi and I both agree on this, that people are still very hungry for a relationship with God. Maybe they call it the higher power, maybe they call it their higher self. Um, but. W- but where the, the, the advantage of being part of a, of a house of worship, of a community of worship, of an organized religion, is that y- y- you get some tools, you get a structure that comes with of how, how do we seek, search, worship, love, learn more, and be transformed by this all, all um, uh, amazing God. And, and part of that formation is, is prayer. It's such a big key of this. So today on the show, uh, you and I are going to go back and forth between well, what is the different approaches that we have as Jews and Christians uh, for a prayer, whether it's formal prayer, informal prayer, prayer that happens within the liturgy, happens like on our services, prayer that happens at home while you're alone, um, and then the history of prayer. And then we were going to dig in a little bit into our own personal prayer lives of how prayer has helped change us. And, and then where what's, what's the message to a world now of someone who maybe doesn't go to uh, a church or to temple or to mosque, uh, what is their prayer life like? So if this stuff is, we love to hear from you. I know some of you put your, uh, you left Facebook messages about what a prayer means to you, uh, but we'd like to hear from you. Uh, specifically, if you do not go to church or you do not go to temple, what does prayer mean to you? Do you use it? Do you think it's a waste of time uh, or it, does it change your life? 772 772- Two two zero nine seven eight eight. That's seven seven two 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 zero W S T U. Give us a call because we want to learn and know about how prayer is changing your life. So, Rabbi Durbin, let's talk from the very beginning about this all. Uh, and uh, what do you think was the very first prayer that ever happened in humanity? Hmm, it's a very great question. So. If we unpack, you know, we unpack it from a, a, a Jewish perspective. You know, one of the oldest, <clears throat> one of the oldest prayers that we have 
in our tradition. Uh, for many may think it is the, uh, the, the prayer of the Baruchu, which is our formal call to worship. But that was not the question. What is the oldest prayer yeah, no, I'm getting known? There. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is the, so some would think this it's the that. rabbi getting there. Okay. Uh, the Baruch Hu blends itself into the prayer that we call the Shema, which is the formal declaration that there is only one God. So m- many are under the impression that that is the oldest prayer. It comes out of Deuteronomy, right? W- very, very old biblical prayer, which is not the case. It's actually not true. The oldest prayer that we have as Jews is a prayer that we call the Hoda'ah, which uh, in our liturgy uh, starts with the words, Modim uh, Anachnulach. And we give thanks to you, Adonai, our God. And, and, and the reason behind it is because all of our prayers, <clears throat> and the oldest prayer that we have, is a prayer about gratitude. And a prayer about recognition that our gratitude is given to God. So the short answer to your That question, was a short answer. That was a short answer. <laughs> um, is the oldest prayer that we have as Jews uh, is the prayer of gratitude. Yeah, so that's the, okay. That is not the oldest prayer known to humanity. Okay, but I'm saying it in terms of the oldest prayer as a uh, as a religious faith. So th- you tell me, Father Anderson. <laughs> the oldest prayer is from the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were speaking with God. Okay, right. So, so the conversation, if prayer, it's a conversation, and, and you 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 might agree with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna post pose that prayer is a conversation with God, right? It's speaking with God. So therefore the conversation in the, in, in, in the Eden, in Eden, when Adam is speaking with God and Eve is, there's a conversation with God. That's the very first prayer that ever happened. And so the very, the very first sin happens is when they refuse to be in conversation with God because of their shame. They refuse to speak. God comes looking for them. And because of their shame, they hide even their sin that entered into life. They hide it. They don't speak with God. But if they would have continued in that prayer with God and say, you forgive me, right? Forgive me for, for what I've done. I, I did what you didn't want me to do. I ate at this tree, tree of, 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 of good and evil. So forgive me. Um, um, a tree of knowledge. Uh, but so, but forgive me. Then, then, then we could have the, the story would have gone a little bit differently. But they refused to be in uh, conversation. Oh with God and talk with him. And so therefore the v- prayer right from the beginning shows us where well, the importance of us being in a relationship with God, sharing everything, being transparent with him. The honesty sets this kind of precedent of what, what is prayer? What does it look like? But most importantly, it's a conversation with God. Would you agree with this, senor? So yeah, I, I would agree that, that prayer is a Rock conversation with God. Uh, I, 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 I slightly struggle with the understanding that because Adam spoke with God, um, and had a conversation that that would be, you know, in your eyes, a, a, a the first instance of, of, of prayer. Okay, so let's go back to what you just said. You okay. agree that the prayer is a conversation with God, but then you don't agree that that, that Adam conversing with God would no, be a prayer. Not, so so the, the fact that Adam converses with God, what is the benefit, right? I think when we look at prayer, prayer is beneficial in some way. Um, when we allow God or, or our own thoughts to, to permeate through, right? So w- what, what's the purpose of Adam communicating with God in the Garden of Eden? Is it, is it because there is knowledge? Because remember, at that point, before they were expelled from the Garden of Eden and before you know, their nakedness was revealed, where does the knowledge come from? They, they, they're not enlightened. 
they're just two beings that are that are there seemingly roaming the earth that are that are together well i i guess my question to you is at what is the benefit what was the benefit for adam to communicate with god was it to be closer to god was it to um uh, bring God in to understand God's world in some way? Are we defining that as a prayerful experience, or is that just a communicative way of approaching our, our own? Well, our Adam, own had, Adam had an advantage that we didn't have. I mean, Adam could sit there and was literally having a, a conversation with God, heard a voice, can go back and forth with mm-hmm. God. So I think anytime you have a conversation with God, it is beneficial. So I don't think we yes, have to... Yes, no, 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 but, 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 but I'm saying, even though that every single time that we have a conversation with God, in whatever capacity that may be, is that prayer? Or is that just yes. a searching in some way and a longing to be closer and more... Um, Closer, closer to provide meaning, if that makes sense. You know, do we have to, are we defining prayer as any conversation or any emotive feeling that we have that is a longing and a striving to be closer to God? Is that prayer? I, I say a, both A and B, okay. both. Okay. When would you say both? Wait a minute. Okay. So, so what, so by, by that, are you defining that sometimes prayer can, is not you, that means you can have a conversation with God and have it not be prayer. Yes. Oh, see, so yeah, I would disagree. Okay. I say any time that you're going to be engaged with God and with the divine, speaking with, with speaking with God. I mean, you can have a one way street. You might be a totally one way street conversation with God, and I would say you would want to work on your prayer life so you can hear God and hear God speak to you. Because any conversation you have with any person in this world, and you're just talking, 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 you're not listening to that other person. It's not going to be a healthy conversation. But I think that there's a there's 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 a difference between. Let's just say as, as an example, let's say I'm struggling through something, a loved one or uh, a challenging relationship, and I say, you know, God, why is this happening to me? And, you know, I've lived a good life. Why am I afflicted by X, Y, and Z, right? As opposed to saying, dear God, give me strength. Give me the ability to wake up, to be refreshed, to be renewed. I thank you, God, for the gift of life. I, 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 I am struggling through X, Y, and Z. I think that there's a difference between directing our thoughts and our attention and our, our conversation towards God as prayer as opposed to a, a just kind of blanket conversation that says, uh, this is what I'm 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 going through, and I'm I want answers. So so Job is not having a conversation with God. No, Job is absolutely having a but conversation. Job with God. is doing exactly the first thing you said, which was, "Why are you doing this? I want justice. This is not right. You did all these things to me. This is unfair. I've been a good person." Sure. That is that is the first example you gave. Yes, and, so and that that as he an wasn't example, saying, "Give me strength. Give me this." No, but what he's that. saying is when, when and 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 just just for our listeners to be to be mindful here, of course, Job never never uh, talks badly about God and never blasphemes against God for of course it's Job's Job's He goes pretty hard at God. Yes, he's but not, he never he's he, not. he never takes the approach of when Job's friends come back and say all of this is brought to you by God. Why do you not talk badly against God? He refuses, but I think that there's a difference between Job having a conversation with God and Job That wasn't praying. a conversation though. He was Job that was a one-way street. 
That was a one-way street. I mean, you look at those monologues that Job is doing. Why are you doing this to me? What's going on? I don't, I, I, I don't want my name written on this stone that's going to say, look at Job, this one who died, because he must have done a lot of bad things, because this is unfair. He calls it unjust, mm-hmm. right? He is pleading his case to God, and he's coming at God like, like a prosecutor inside of a courtroom, mm-hmm. right? It, it is a trial that he's doing to kind of defend his own name. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's kind of a one-way street. I, I, but I would say that in encourages us to have that kind of conversation with God or to talk, at least talk to God, but even I if think, you might be talking at, but I, I think, think that God just likes the conversation. He sure. wants you to engage with him. But I, but I think that there are, there are ways to access prayer. And I think in that instance, it's the conversation that starts the, the understanding and the ability to engage in further discussion of prayer. I don't think that, that for me to come out and to say, any conversation that I have with God is a prayer. And I think that we have to define what that term prayer means. I think it is about redirecting ourselves, about giving attention and giving credence and authority to God, as opposed to having just a conversation that says, you know, I'm, I'm engaged with you, God. Is that prayer or is that a prayerful experience or is that formalized prayer? I think that we have to define what those what those terminologies are. I think it's any conversation you have with the divine. Anytime you are going to open up, you're open up yourself. You're acknowledging a higher power. You're acknowledging God. And whether it's going to be something that's more Job-like where you're just going on a rant and it's more declarative or you're struggling and you're frustrated, or if it's going to be more on your knees and saying, Lord, please help me. If it's more of a petition. If it's going to be something more out of adoration, your hands in the air, I just want to love you and give you praise. Anytime you're interacting with the divine, anytime you're directing your attention, your voice to God, I would say that's prayer. So a good hymn that you're singing, it's like a, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, you sing the Psalms, you sing the Psalms. That is a prayer. You're singing it to God. So I would say, yes, that is all. Prayer. But I think that when you go back to just that 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 phrase that you just said, right, singing psalms or singing uh, praises of Him towards God, I agree that it is prayer. But I think that there is a higher purpose to those, to the ability to uh, sing those songs, right? So you know, I'll go from a Judaic perspective, right? Our services uh, are very formalized, right? They haven't been around for that long. They've been around for about twelve hundred years. Um, you know, the first centralized prayer book was in the 8th century, sorry, 9th century. Um, but our prayers themselves, we start a service with songs and praises of him, right? But we get to that moment where a service formally begins with the formal declaration of God and the acknowledgement of God. And all of that becomes preparatory. It's preparing us for that moment that we formally declare that there is one God that we praise God, we bless God, and we give our attention and our direction towards God. It's it's preparatory, much like you know, it, it, it's like the um, it's it, it's like the runner who does not run or stretch before uh, a meet. You, you can't do it. You, you have to prepare yourself uh, for that moment to which you're starting uh, whatever event it may be. So you're saying that you have to do preparatory work before you can pray? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. I think you have to center yourself. You have to you have to be in a mode um, and 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 an ability to be open to that experience. I think that there is preparation that happens to it. Okay, so let, let's put it this way: our so often throughout the Bible, our relationship, our our our, our 
Yeah, our relationship with God is described or compared to a relationship that we have with anyone else, right? Of how we want to have a healthy relationship. I want to have a healthy relationship with you. I want to have a healthy relationship with my wife, right? And if I want to go into a serious conversation with my wife and we need to take care of some stuff, there's probably some centering I need to do to get focused. What are we going to talk about if I've had a long day or maybe if I'm a little uh, too emotive because of things that happen at work, I got to calm down, get myself grounded so I can give everything my, I, 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 I can to her so we can have a successful conversation okay. together. right? Um, but if we, I'm just going to pick her up from work and we're going to jump in the car, uh, I don't need any preparation too. I can just sit there and start a conversation with her. Be like, hey, babe, what's going on? How was your day? Blah, 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 blah. So there's two different types of conversations. One that's very formal that needs a lot of attention that needs some preparatory work and one that does not. They're both conversations with one another. I, I, I think if we try to formalize God too much and just say the only way that we can talk to God is if we have to do all these calisthenics and preparatory work beforehand, we start to put these limitations around our access and our ability to converse with God. And, and there's different levels of we can. If we want to have more of a formal place and I want to go into deep meditation or if I'm really looking for God to really change my heart and transform my heart, I'm in full of anxiety anxiety or I got a lot that's on my mind, then yes, you probably need to center yourself and come down to basics and, and get yourself in a place where God can really speak to you so you can hear more of God. But I don't think that should limit us. And when you're in your, when you're driving around the parking lot of Target and you're saying, God, um, I, I really need to find a parking space right now. I don't think it should be off limits. I think no matter what, God wants the conversation. God wants our interaction with him. God doesn't want for us to, to, to relegate only certain times in, in, uh, uh, in our life or certain formalities or certain liturgies of when we can only converse with him. I think that's, that was the problem for us with the church for so long because it relegated and secluded God <coughs> Only in, in certain situations could you have a kind of access to him. You know that with the temple. But you're not listening to me right now because you're reading that piece of paper. But in the temple, that you have only a certain place for the Holy of Holies you can go to be with God, right? But that, that distanced us from God. So I, it, 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 I, I don't want to go—we're going down a rabbit hole a little bit here. But my main point here is that access to God happens at any second. And we don't need to put formalities around it in order for it to be called prayer. That prayer can happen for, for, for me, whether right before you go to bed for two seconds, I'm going to sit there and say, thank you, God, for all that's going on. Now, that could be, I would say, you need to work on your prayer life. That's a sh that, that, that's kind of, that could be a little bit of a shallow conversation. We could talk about the depth of prayer. We could talk about the depth of that conversation with God. It's like any conversation. Do you want to have a shallow kind of like quick, how you doing, God? Conversation. Hey, what's going on? What's up? How are you? Or do you want to get into something deep where you're really listening? and hearing God's presence and feeling his presence and allowing him to transform your heart because now he's speaking to you. I mean, to your point, that takes preparation. Mm -hmm. That takes time. And that takes time for you to breathe and meditate sometimes um, to allow the music to work through you. Um, so there's levels here. I agree. Mm -hmm. But I, hate, I would hate to tell someone, a, a, a seeker of, of faith, that there's only one, there's only, there, there's kind of a level you need to be at in order to actually have that conversation. You hear me on that? Yes. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, be difficult here, but I think that there's somebody who comes to seek in search of meaning and value. I'm not saying that there is only one way to access prayer, but I am saying is that in order to access prayer, you have to be in a mindset that allows you the ability to uh, to take it in. 
it is about redirecting our attention, right? You know, let me give you an example. One of our prayers, uh, which is called the Baruch Hu, kind of blends into two different prayers, the Baruch Hu and what we call the Shema, right? Coming out of Deuteronomy, you know, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, right? At that moment that we say those prayers, right, it is about full and complete understanding uh, and devotion towards God. As I say those prayers, and for most Jews, it rolls off our tongue. We're very familiar. We, you know, traditionally as Jews, we pray three times a day. We say the Shema in the morning and at night, right? We know those words. But if I'm saying those words just by rote, and I'm not attributing any meaning or any value, because I'm just saying them, right. and I'm thinking to myself, did I leave the oven on? What are my kids going to do tomorrow? Oh, I have this big meeting next week. Right? Is that prayerful? Is that a meaningful experience? Well, actually, you know, you know, from a, from 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 a, a purely Judaic perspective, we would say no, that's not, because you're actually not directing your attention or your devotion towards God. And I, I agree with you is that it takes time, it takes work. And and I, you know, please let me give the disclaimer here. I am not I am not here to say that I have or or I, I can speak for you, um, you know, that we have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I struggle with prayer. Um, through various parts of my life, I struggle with um, maintaining my relationship with God. It is something that, as relationships take, it's a give and take. That there, there are times where I will be, um, I will be uh, complete and uh, in utter awe of God. Uh, there are times where I am extremely grateful. There are times where I struggle, and I'm and I'm angry and I'm bitter. You know why? Why certain things? And I think that as a relationship builds. And I think that that's what it really is, is a relationship building experience with God that it takes, it takes time. It, it, it's like a marriage. It right. takes work. And to your point, though, when you're struggling with God and you're in those places in your life where you're bitter, that's still prayer. I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with you. Right. All right. So this is good. Okay. So we're going to take a break here and we're going to come back. We're going to go a little bit deeper into, so now that we've kind of wrestled through what is prayer and the preparation you need for prayer and the presence you need for prayer like in any good conversation do you want to have a shallow conversation with god or a deep conversation uh now we're going to go into what is what was judaism and christianity offer and then go a little deeper for what father christian and uh, rabbi durbin our own personal uh, reflections on prayer in our life so if you've got a personal story about prayer what your thoughts are about prayer how prayers maybe changed your life uh give us a call here 772-220 9788 on that AM dial. We'll be right back. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review. Five star rating and a positive review. If you can, we certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there, just like you, can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. 
That's 772-220-WSTU. Hey, everyone. This is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi. So happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian. And you can check it out on YouTube. And uh, every Monday, I drop a new episode. And it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications. So you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we. This podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center, and so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, or someone to be there for you during a challenging time, and you can call the church at seven seven two two eight seven three two four four. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi here at WSTU 1450. My name is Father Christian Anderson here at A Priest and a Rabbi. I am a uh, Episcopal priest at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Stewart, Florida. And right next to me is the um, is Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Hayam, who's having a heck of a week. Just a heck of a week. There's so much going on at the temple. But you're We've here. You We've made it here, buddy. Uh, the second part of the show, we are talking about uh, prayer. What is the point of prayer? And uh, the rabbi and I went back and forth for the first part of the show about just trying to define prayer. And we had a couple differences there, which is always in, uh, in good for your for your um, audio enjoyment. Uh, by the way, too, if you missed the first half of the show, you can always find us uh, on the podcast, A Priest and a Rabbi. So you can go just Google or say Alexa play a priest and a rabbi podcast and it will bring it up on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast so go on there uh, leave a comment if you go on itunes that really helps us uh, tremendously even if you think that we stink um, that still helps us when you leave a comment all right we want to start digging around now from a Judaic perspective and a Christian perspective. Just what what are what are some of the structures that we put around prayer? So, uh, Rabbi, during the break, you're talking about the difference between formalized prayer and more impromptu prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, do, would you wish to expound upon that, Senor? So you know, it's it's it's. Yeah, I, I within within a Judaic context, I mean, we're looking at two different modes and access of prayer, right? And just to go back uh, even before then is the understanding of how prayer manifests itself within our circle, right? The year 70 becomes a definitive moment and an uh, important moment for the future of, of Judaism, 
for, of course, in the year 70, the temple was destroyed. Uh, the second temple was destroyed by the Romans. And when, 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 the Israelite, when, when the Jews decided to, what are we going to do in, in terms of do we rebuild a third temple? Do we offer sacrifices to God at, at, at the holy temple in Jerusalem? Or do we do something innovative and something different? Right? We, had no, we had no resources. We had no money. There was no access to be able to do it again. So the rabbis decided that at that moment that we were going to use prayer as an access towards God and not um, uh, um, sacrificial worship. And that changes the face of Judaism. And with that comes a, a, a understanding that there are two access points uh, and modes of, of prayer itself. One is, as we said, is formalized. We have formal, structured prayers. You know, we call our prayer book, for example, in Hebrew, we call it a sidur. Now, a sidur comes from the Hebrew root seder, right? If you think about a Passover seder, if you think about um, a sidur, a prayer book, what it really means is order. There's an order, a fixed order to our prayers, right? So there is formalization as to the prayers that we recite. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the other spectrum is the understanding of spontaneity, of um, spontaneous prayer. What, what hits us at that moment that we're grateful to. So, you know, as an example, one of the examples I give to uh, a, lot of our, um, a lot of our members is how do we observe Shabbat, right? When we light those candles on Friday night, you know, are we blessing our children? And we have a tradition of blessing our children. Um, and I'll speak on a personal note here. Uh, I may have mentioned this to you before. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my, my parents never blessed us. And I remember saying to my mom many years later, why didn't you bless us? And my mother said, because I didn't know the prayer. Hmm. And, 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 and I remember saying to my mom, but even if you didn't know the prayer, why didn't you just say what was in your heart? Right. Thank you, God, for the gift of my four sons. Thank you, God, for the gift of, of my home, of my family, of, of, of the gift of my life. And my mother said, because I was never told that that was okay. And, 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 and that has always stuck with me for a long time, that, that prayer doesn't have to be so structured and so formalized. I mean, I think in some context it, it, it is helpful because there is structure. But on the other end, I think it, it, it's, it's, about, it's about meaning. You know, I... I do wake up every morning and I do say to myself, thank you, God, for the gift of my life. I say to myself in the morning, thank you, God, for allowing me to wake up, right? Those moments, they don't need to be a 45-minute prayer or an hour prayer or whatever that I'm doing. It can be as simple as just the recognition. It's the acknowledgement that I am here because God had the ability to allow me to be able to get to this certain moment in my life. So I think when we look at spontaneity and we look at formalized prayer, they've always kind of run the course um, seemingly together, that you can have both. Would you say that Jewish, did not, at least from a reform perspective, empowers those, it empowers its, its folks to have a strong, impromptu prayer life, spontaneous prayer life? I think for some... I know that's very general and a very kind of blanket statement that I just said, but I think for some... Do you think the synagogue does a good job of empowering people to have that impromptu prayer life? No. I don't think we do. I think we could be doing a, a, a much better job. Uh, I know I do speak about spontaneity and the need for spontaneous prayer. I teach it to adults, to children um, in a structured way. Could we 
could we take services? Yeah, actually, let me reframe that. Um, I, I think we actually do a, a reasonable job. I think we could be doing better. I mean, I'll give a classic example. You know, an example is, you know, for us as Jews tonight, I got a beach Shabbat tonight, right? That's out of the box in some way. It's not formal. It's an informal service. It's taking God's creative act of, of the world and uh, seeing it from that perspective of seeing the Atlantic Ocean and, and, and bringing in services, I think, uh, bringing in prayer. I think that it is uh, a mode to be able to say you don't need to be in the four walls of a sanctuary in order to pray, that you can pray anywhere and everywhere. Um, if you look at our prayers, I mean, all of our prayers are written um, uh, multivocally. Uh, they're obviously written in Hebrew. But for this, but for this for tonight, it'll be written by the Beach Boys. All right. For, for that point, we're going to uh, bring Francis on here to have, see what he's going to say. Francis, welcome back to the show. What do you got to say about, uh, about prayer? Aloha. I'm hearing a lot of it from both of you. You're, you're, you're hitting all my key points, and I'm hearing uh, both of you expressing uh, God through gratitude and then through the presence, because practicing the presence or realizing the presence of God in everything and in us, in our hearts, uh, is, for me, uh, the perfect uh, expression of, of prayer. And really, I personally rarely ask God for anything. I just thank God for the earth experience uh, that I'm experiencing. And uh, I don't struggle, because I've just totally surrendered, and I always have... Uh, God on my mind and the expression or my being the presence of God on earth God expresses through me uh, Francis how, how how often during the day uh, would you say you pray or or to sound like are you just in a state of prayer all day all day constantly I'm always uh, thinking of God and playing God's game uh, for as a channel for God and would you say, is there a time, won't you say that you feel most distant when you're not praying to God? Uh, I can't even begin to, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. All right. That hits it. Uh, so so, you, so you're, you're, you're doing a, you're leveling up here. You're saying prayer shouldn't just be a, a certain times in the day when we open up and we talk to God. You're saying live in a state of prayer. So everything we're doing is in conversation and in oneness with, with our Lord. Yes, because God lives in my heart, not in my brain, uh-huh. and I'm in this constant state of consciousness, which I call heaven. I already, you don't have to die to go to heaven. This is beautiful. Well, thank you, Francis, and we always appreciate when you give us a call here, brother. Bless you guys and keep up God's work. Yeah, you as well, brother. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Francis brings up a good point here, though, this idea that as many of the monastic, the monastic tradition in the Christian uh, in the Christian church is this, you know, pursuing... Sometimes do we compartmentalize our prayer life as it becomes this separate thing? And maybe our conversation at this point has made it, uh, have we not been open to the opportunity that Francis is talking about, about living in a constant state of prayer? So everything you do is a prayer to God. So when you're making the sandwiches for your daughters in the morning, that you're not just making the sandwiches for your daughters, that you are, it is a prayer to God. And so every time when you're putting the peanut butter and putting the jelly on it, it is an expression of gratitude, of love, of thank you, God, for my daughters. And you make those sandwiches, you put them in the plastic bags, you give them the, you know, for, for the lunches that you're making for them. And so you bring this, you're just in this constant state of prayer. And so if we're going to go back to the original definition, that it is about being a conversation with the higher power, then why should we delineate or make times when we're not in conversation with our Lord? If everything is all about God and 
He is a creator of all things, and we want our lives to be about him. This is the reason why we pursue faith. We want him to to take over every, every aspect of our life. We don't want to be like Adam and Eve and be shameful and hide ourselves from the voice of God. We always want to be in community and be in concert with him and be in harmony with him, where from a Christian perspective, that is finding you know the, the Christ within us, having Christ within me, not being separate from it. So even in my darkest moments, I'm still in a state of prayer because I know that God is with me. Um, do we sometimes... Uh, uh, limit the power of prayer because we say, well, prayer is just, it, it's an action that you do, which means that there's times when you're not praying. Um, are, are we are we missing how prayer can be? I pray when I drive. I pray when I'm going for a run. My, my prayer is just being present and listening to the power of God and giving over myself to God. When I do this radio show, I do it in a way of prayer. So what I'm doing right now is a prayer to God. I hope that what, how this radio show, my being in companionship with the rabbi, is a form of prayer to our Lord of um, of, of being both co-equal children of God. You know. So you know it's um it's it's. I just want to share with you a story. Is this a response to what I just said, yes. or is this just a no, story? No, it's, it's a response to what you said. Okay. I mean, I, I, I think <laughs> it, it's about directing ourselves, but most importantly, and, and, and as we look at the evolution of prayer, it's about it's about speaking through one's heart. You're saying about now. You used to say a boot. I just want you to know that you have become American. I've lived in this country long enough. You should, so you should call Brian Adams and apologize. Your Canadian membership has been revoked. You don't I, say I, a boot say anymore. That. So uh, <laughs> let me let me just share with you a story. Um, uh, you know, in, in the words of the rabbis. Uh, of 2,000 years ago. The rabbis had always said that all that God requires of us is the heart of human beings, right? It's about the heart. And there, there, there's a story told of a little boy who learned the Aleph Bet. And just for those that are not familiar, that's the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph Tibet. Um, but he could not read a word of Hebrew correctly. And this child was struggling. So he went to the synagogue and he cried out loud and he said to God, Oh God, I do not know how to pray. But I have learned the Aleph Bet. I've learned the alphabet. So I will recite the Aleph Bet to you. And the rabbi who was present said that the sincerity, sincere prayer, is composed merely of letters of the Aleph Bet, of the alphabet. But stemming from the sincere heart of this little boy was formed by the Almighty, by God, in the most beautiful prayer. And when it reached God in heaven, and it was immediately accepted before God because it is the sincerity of the heart that counts most importantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something there that this child struggled with prayer and access to prayer because he didn't know the prayer language. And I think what it shows is even if we don't know the prayer language, even if we don't know the lingo, even if we are struggling in some way, it is the sincerity of our core and our being there you go. That, that connects us yes. in, in, in ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it buttons the whole conversation because I think that's what we're trying to you, you were getting at in the beginning of the show, which is you have to be earnest and sincere and present in order to have this healthy, I don't want to say successful, but healthy conversation with God. If you're just going through it rote mm-hmm. and you're just saying the prayers, because both you and I both have traditions where we have a prayer book mm-hmm. and there's prayers that you can say and you can come to our Sunday service. You can come to Shabbat over your, your place and you could just say the words. Mm-hmm. But they'll just be words that's just being said. Is that prayer? Eh, I don't know. I mean, if I go and I talk to you, Rabbi, and I just start talking right at you, and I really don't mean anything that I'm saying. I'm just having a stale conversation with you, and you're not really listening, and it's just, is that a real conversation? No. But so there's an earnestness from our heart, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I I, I definitely agree with that. Um, And so 
what the church does and what the what the what the temple does it does give us these set prayers to assist us to give us structure because a lot of us do struggle like i don't know how to pray i don't know what to do i have a lot of people come in my office and say well i i don't feel comfortable i was raised up in a tradition where it was very formalized so i can't do extemporaneous prayer and i don't know how to speak to god and i don't have the words for that that's not my gift so i think that's where a prayer book comes in so the mm-hmm. christian tradition the benedictine uh, uh tradition started saint benedict of nursa where you have based upon psalm 119 is it where i will i will um, offer my sacrifices to the gods seven times a day um and so that's where that tradition of um i just want to make sure that i got that right but yeah you get seven times a day yeah from psalm 118 and 119 Ooh, it was close mm. but that's where you get the seven times of prayer for the day and then you add one in the night because there's another psalm that says, and I will give her my sacrifice in the evening. So there's eight times that we have, these eight set times. But then at a certain point for people like you and me who don't live in a monastery, that becomes a challenge. So that got uh, minimized to three times a day um, with also an evening offering of prayer. So you have these these set things that the church has kind of nurtured over the last let me, let me just go back on that for a minute. Um, so as, as Christians and uh, 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 for the Episcopal faith, uh, there are three times that, is set prayer for you? Yeah, morning prayer, noonday prayer, evening prayer, and then a thing called Compline. And so Compline is the completion of, of the evening. It's a beautiful, beautiful prayer set. So you can, it's, it's, it's encouraged to do that in community if you can, uh, but if not, you can do it by yourself as well. But the beauty of it is it's common prayer, knowing that when you do this, you're joining with other Anglicans around the whole world who are also engaging with this, but it comes from a monastic tradition as well. This is not something we just came up with in the last mm-hmm. you know, couple hundred years. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, and, and you know, the, Islam has the same thing, it has a five, five, right? Mm-hmm. Five sets of prayer. And for Jews, you have three, right? We have three. We have, um, we what we call uh, Shachrit, which is morning, uh, morning prayers. We have Mincha, which is the afternoon prayer, and we have Ma'ariv, which is known as the evening prayer. And each of those prayers, each of those fixed set times, so to speak, as Judaism is very heavily rooted in time, um, is attributed to our ancestors, to our patriarchs. So the morning Shachrit service is attributed to Abraham. Uh, the afternoon Mincha uh, service is offered to Isaac. And uh, Ma'ariv, uh, the evening service is attributed to Jacob. So here's the thing. Now, that this is a little confession time for both the rabbi and the priest here. Is that, uh, so we, we could speak about this. We could talk about, well, we, what have we talked about today? That prayer has to be earnest. It has to come from the heart. It can't just be rote. Um, you know, the, the, the more present you are, the deeper you want to go, I think the more you're going to get out of it, as in any relationship you're going to have, but particularly, especially with God. Um, that there's structure that's available to you from your tradition. There's probably set prayers that you can do that are built into it, built into the worship service, built into your prayer life during the day if you want that structure. But now let's talk about just what, so what you, in the beginning of the show, you talked about it being beneficial, right? Beneficial. So what is the point of this show was, again, what is the point of prayer? And when we commit ourselves to prayer, there are people that I know, I knew a, a my, the Bishop of Los Angeles would say that his day, his day is completely shot if he doesn't start his day in three hours in prayer, right? So that means that dude is getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning to start. I'm not sure what that prayer life looked like, but he had to be in a focused, deep prayer for three hours. If not, he knows the rest of his day was shot. And I know a lot of other people would say, if I miss that prayer time in the morning, if I don't do that, I'm off. I'm off. If I don't do my daily reflection, read my Bible, take that time, and then I pray and listen to what God is saying to me, I'm off. And I, and, and I get that. And I, and I, I, myself, if I'm good, 
It is great. It's it's a wonderful thing. I, I this morning I woke up. I got to prepare for the show. I got to prepare for my show. I said, "Stop it!" <laughs> of all days, we're talking about prayer, and you can't just rush the prayer. And so it wasn't long, but it was three minutes to spend time with God in prayer of offering myself. Um, and see, there's a submission that needs to happen, right? So mm-hmm. let me get out of the way. It's all about you, God. And it's just it's 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 so refreshing. And you, I just feel sort of like the weight just coming off my shoulders when praying. So when, when, when I give myself over and I spend time with Scripture, ideally you have time to be with the Word, but then praying, you, you, I feel God just taking the weight off my shoulders and saying, oh, oh, you're ready to give this day over to me. Okay, all right, so now, now you let me in. Um, how about for you, Rabbi, when you do give the time and say, all right, Lord, uh, uh, for pricks. And your man, you got you got three kids. Look, when I wake up in the morning to one of my kids screaming in my ear, I thank God for the gift of my family. No, but I mean, I, I think all kidding aside, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think it is important at some point, and I'll speak personally, that I try and carve out some time throughout my day where at least I'm engaged in some form of prayer. Now, whether that be um, a, a conversation with God, whether that be a recognition, maybe that's me saying to God, you know, thank you, God, for um, uh, the gift. Uh, I, I also want to acknowledge the fact that um, all of uh, my being that I am um, I am here because of God. I don't know. There's, there's something there of just, of, of just saying thank you, God, for, you know, maybe I have a difficult day coming up. Maybe I have a light day. But thank you, God, for the ability to give me strength, give me courage, give me fortitude, whatever it may be. And I think that, you know, and, and it's interesting what you had just mentioned in terms of, you know, praying for three minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour, three hours. It can be something as simple as a conversation in some way that connects us in profound ways with uh, God, our creator. But why do you tell your parishioners to pray? What's the point of it? I think the point of prayer is also the ability to, um, at some semblance, to become closer or connected to God. I think that prayer gives us the access to a larger entity, larger than ourselves. There you go. I think that prayer also connects us to community. I think that prayer connects us to others uh, in our midst. Yeah. I think prayer also allows us the, the ability to also understand that we are not alone in whatever struggle or challenge we may be going through. Yep. I think that it also redirects our attention and our focus. I think that it gives us structure in some way. And I think that it's it's um, it, it, the benefit is that there was a study done many years ago that said that when you are engaged in prayer life, certain receptors of your brain are uh, much more heightened, mm. right? And I think that that as we engage in that prayerful experience, whatever we call that, whether it be spirituality, whether it be connected to the liturgy, maybe it's 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 connected to a larger um, uh, entity or, or connected to God, I think gives us a sense of, at least for me, gives me a sense of inner calm. That it actually um, um, uh, strengthens me in some way to be able to undergo whatever whatever uh, situation may, may be may be forced within us. Yeah, there's so much distraction, especially now. This is why prayer is so important, especially in the 21st century. But, but it's such an interesting it's such an interesting um, idea because the work that you and I do, and I and I, and I know that I can speak for you on this, is that. You know, and, and there does not go a day where I don't drive, you know, to and from, you know, uh, the temple where I think to myself, you know, I'm excited to face today. And you know what? Thank you, God, for the gift, because the gift that I've been given that I do on a 24 hours a day, seven days a week is holy work. I love the work that I do. 
I am excited by it. I am passionate about the work that I do. But I don't lose sight of the bigger picture that the work that, that you and I perform, whether it be through teaching, through counseling, through uh, interaction, through whatever uh, you know, uh, the day presents, is holy work. That we're doing God's work. And, 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 and I think that that, for me, I may not at that moment or maybe throughout the day have a structured prayer that I say to God. But at least for me, it's the understanding that, you know, I'm doing God's work today. I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually fulfilled. I, 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 feel, I feel grateful for the work and certainly um, I- I- exceptionally grateful for the position I serve um, and, and, and the people I interact with. Right. And, y- yes, I agree with all that. And I think, but it, it's important for us, as you said, to have meaningful and earnest conversation and, pre- and being in presence with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, every day, because part of it is, yes, you, you want to adore God, you want to confess to God. It's those four things that we kind of lift up in the church when you want to pray. We call it ACTS, A-C-T-S. You first adore God, you confess to God, you thank God, and then you supplicate to God. So you're praying to God for, for things. What are the things you're praying for other people? Um, but, but during that, what happens in prayer is that we are we are transformed, that we get out of our own mind, and we allow God to take over our mind and speak to us. And when we don't, if we don't allow ourselves to shut up and just be still, I remember my spiritual director telling me that. He's like, listen, Christian, you can do all, you can study all the theology you want to do. You can do all the work you want to do for God's kingdom. But if you don't just shut up and be still, mm-hmm. be still and allow God to talk to you, well, then you're, 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 you're going to mm-hmm. miss the boat, right? It's the bedrock of everything that we do, not only as priests and rabbis, but just as children of God. And so that time, just like it's like having quality time with your spouse. If you don't put the quality time there, then how are you guys going to connect? So then with God, if you're not setting the time, and I'm guilty of this, if, I, if, if I'm not setting the quality time with God, because I, yeah, I can pray my way through driving in the car. I can pray my way through you know the workout, but really just to be still and say, I'm not going to do anything else. And also for the power of like almost now you're going into more centering prayer and that meditation of saying, what's the point of prayer? Well, the point of prayer is for ourselves to be transformed by the love of God mm-hmm. and allow God to overcome us. And so I'm going to be still and, <clears throat> and listen and be present, which means I have to be very intentional about setting that time aside. And I have to be allowing myself to surrender and submit to this power that's beyond myself. There's but I think, I think I said, it's intentional, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, um, we, we had discussed when we were prepping for the show earlier in the week, you know, what do we want to, as, as listeners, as, as members of congregations and communities, you know, what, how do we access prayer? Um, and I was told when, you know, when I was in rabbinical school and we did spirituality and we did practical rabbinics and, uh, you know, pastoral care and community skills, that one of the things that we should try, and again, this is kind of a charge to all those out listening, if you do struggle with prayer, find a set time every day, the same time, whether it be in the evening or the morning, and offer some prayer to God. It doesn't have to be formal. It can be spontaneous. You know, I pray to God every single night before I go to bed. I sit there. I don't do it audibly. I do it in my head where I just, you know, thank you, God, for the gift of my family, whatever. And I pray for others in my midst that uh, are in need of God's, God's help or God's assurance. Um, but I do it every single time at the exact same time. Now, maybe I'm a minute off. Maybe I'm five minutes off. doesn't matter. But I, I, I think the structure there adds and Absolutely. helps to it. Yep. Yep. 
This has been a good show, guys. For uh, if you just were tuning in, uh, we, everything you hear is on, um, and every, every other show is on uh, our podcast, a priest and a rabbi podcast. And how do you find that? You just go on Google and you just put in a priest and a rabbi podcast. We're going to pop up. Uh, specifically, if you go on iTunes, please leave a comment. We'd love to have it there. You can find out more about um, us. You can always go to Temple Beth Haim website to learn more about what's going on at the uh, at the temple uh, for myself over at St. Mary's Episcopal Church. You can also find more stuff that's going on over on your favorite Christian uh, YouTube page. So that's a YouTube page that my wife and I do is we have a channel, YouTube channel. We do a lot of bunch of stuff that talk, gets into faith and culture. Uh, Rabbi, so thank you for this good stuff about uh, prayer. If people want to get and say, you know what, I want to get more involved with prayer over the temple, when do they show up tonight? So tonight, um, uh, we, we have a beach Shabbat at Stewart Beach, just across the street from the Elliott Museum. It is an early uh, beach Shabbat. It's at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, if you uh, can't make it tonight, you can always join us tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock for our Shabbat morning service um, or any other uh, Friday night at 7.30 p.m. And over at the Episcopal Church, if you want to join us, we have services every single, uh, almost every single day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. But then on the, on the weekends, we have a Saturday night at 5 p.m. And then Sundays, we have a 7.30 to 9 o'clock. So one of them is a big family rock and roll service with, uh, you know, the screens and the hands in the air. And then 11 o'clock. So please join us as we celebrate prayer. We celebrate the love of God and we celebrate uh, the goodness that God has brought into our lives. So be committed to your prayer life this week. Set an intention. Uh, give that time to have a healthy conversation with God throughout your day but particularly one that's in silence. One that's in silence and allowing God to talk to you. You not just talking to God, but God to talk to you. Listen to what the Lord is saying. So God bless you all. This is a priest and rabbi saying God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you here next Friday at 9 a.m. EST. Listen to that. Listen to that, Rabbi. That's the silence. Can we just sit here and be in the silence of God? And that will be our prayer for the day. Are you with me? I'm just in prayer. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, 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 so that's what we're talking about today. So, there's so many different ways for people to pray, for you to pray. There's prayer in silence. There's prayer that can be very loud and, and rambunctious. We can be Pentecostals and start speaking in tongues. Um, there's set prayer, structured prayers, no prayer, um, spontaneous prayer, prayer of the heart. What 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 is what, what? How do they pray in the Bible? So so, but what's the point of it all? What is the point of all this prayer? Is it, is it really important? Don't answer that because we, we, we have a whole show coming your way about that, Rabbi, and you have to be there. I'm present. See the presence. 
having presence. That's where it starts. Good prayer starts with presence. So we are going to uh, jump into that today. Um, I'm Father Christian, and uh, you just heard the voice of uh, uh, Rabbi Matthew. And uh, today on this podcast, what is the point of prayer? And we're going to be examining where did prayer even start? Um, and let uh, me let me let me also just leave you as we as we start into the uh, into the podcast about prayer. I just want to share with you just uh, um, um, a brief meditative reading from Rabbi <laughs> Abraham Joshua Heschel. Yeah, I, which you, I think is actually quite important. You, you like that guy? I do. And, and he says that prayer invites God's presence to suffuse our spirits, God's will to prevail in our lives. Prayer may not bring water to parched fields, nor mend a broken bridge, nor rebuild a ruined city. But prayer can water an arid soul, mend a broken heart, and rebuild a weakened will. But now there's, there's no way to really top that for the rest of the show, so great job. So now the rest of this podcast will just be just two guys trying to work their way through a radio show about prayer. Good job, buddy. Words to think about. Okay. All right. Well, God bless you all. Enjoy this thing about what is the point of prayer. And please um, leave a comment and uh, like this uh, podcast. It really helps us a bunch. And uh, let us know what works for you and what doesn't work. And uh, you can always get in touch with us too. Um, and um, you can hit us up at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. And to learn more about uh, what, what kind of stuff you want on this podcast. We love hearing from you. And other ways that you can support this podcast. Um, just, just hit us up at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy the show. God bless you. Bye-bye.